Apocalypse Pals, welcome to the Awkward Introvert's Guide to the Apocalypse, the podcast that is your Night of the Living Dead, night spelled with a K. Yeah, this is like my worst entrance. I'm Josephine Really, And I'm Zombie Tia, and today we're going on a little bit of an adventure. A zombie adventure. Yay! Yay! <laughs> I just want to... Start this out by saying, zombie origins are actually deeply rooted in Haitian Creole religious religious customs, and while I'm trying to do the subject justice that it deserves, I'm definitely still ignorant, so if anything I say in this podcast is incorrect or wrong or hurtful, please, please, please message us and correct me and let us know where we went wrong or give us like some links to educate ourselves. We only want to put out good quality here. Our, we're not trying to hurt anybody by saying anything. We're just still learning and it is a process. So kindly, we thank you for that. Well said. It was said okay. <laughs> but it's true. There is only so much we can learn through Google, mm-hmm. which is almost never a first person review of a subject no or a second it's more like a sixth and 16th version yeah and this is like there is so much to zombie history there really is it's really incredible like i urge everybody to please go out and like look up some of this stuff or read some of this stuff i watched pbs's monstrum which had a three-part on it and it's so good it's so interesting, and they do talk to, like, a voodoo priest. It's amazing. So, this episode, we're having a general discussion of zombies. We've picked a couple of different topics we're going to stick to, because the whole zombie universe is just so massive. There's so much to talk about. There's so many different ways you could go about this. What we've got scheduled for tonight is Josephine really is going to give us a history lesson, and then we are going to move into different types of zombies as we know them, and a little bit of a science lesson. So it should be a rather educational episode, actually. Yeah, it's like being in school, but more fun. But with a subject we actually want to learn about. Yeah, exactly. If I had been hearing about zombies in class. I definitely would have, would not have skipped out as much as I did. Don't be like me, kids. Stay in school. <laughs> or as they say in Utah, 
don't slough as often. Yeah. I don't know if they even still call it sloughing anymore. I don't know. Is that like a Utah only thing, sloughing? Oh, it is a Utah only thing. That's so weird. I wonder why they call it that. I don't know. Another mystery to be solved. But yeah, that's one of those terms that only people in Utah use. That's so funny. It's sloughing instead of skipping school. Yeah, I was going to say, we went sloughing all the time. Exactly. (laughs) It's bad. Don't do it. I always told people I was on a self-motivated field trip. Ah, that's a good way to put it. (laughs) I don't even know what I was doing half the time when I was sloughing. So nothing important. Could have just went to class. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I got got a lot better after ninth grade because I was threatened into it. So, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Well, let's get into this, which is much more fascinating than my high school history. Trust me. (laughs) So, zombies were originally not known as the living dead. They were actually just like shells of themselves. They weren't technically dead they were just workers and they had no emotions when they were created that people would pass them off as a corpse bury them and then dig them back up and have them be slaves because that's what they were it is rooted in voodoo not voodoo and they were created by a bokor so there were like two powders They used one powder for zombification, and it had what they say, at least, is that it had tetrodotoxin, which is from a puffer fish. But who really knows? It's one of those things where it's like, if this was a thing, if it did work, it's not something that anybody should know, for Uh sure. So it's like this like carefully guarded and protected info. You know that if people were like, oh... Well, I can get the ingredients for a zombie powder. Let's goof off and make a zombie. They'd do it, and then they'd probably poison somebody to death. Yeah, because people suck and they cannot be trusted. No, that's the thing. They cannot, uh, not (laughs) even a little bit, be trusted. So it's like, it's really interesting that we went from, like, an enslaved worker to a walking corpse bent on eating the living. Yeah. And it's, it's strange how we made it there. This was such a big thing among slaves. And so in their head, it was like the ultimate fear is that they would be enslaved after death as well, which is just, ugh. It's upsetting, really bad upsetting to me to think that like you spend your life enslaved and then after you die, they can enslave you again. There was quite a few things written on this, but it was mostly just people being It was a bunch of white nonsense. Like, we have uh, Seabrook, who wrote The Magic Island, and we have the movie White Zombie, which I watched last night, by the way. How was it? It was alright. It's a 1930s film, so there's, like, it's at that kind of slower old movie pace. Uh Uh-huh. And there are just, like, a lot of, like, long shots of just one person's face. And it's just like, I get it. This guy's the bad guy. Do we need to spend a whole minute looking directly at his face? I know he's up to devious plans. Y'all don't need to tell me that. But it was also a bunch of white nonsense. And also misogynistic nonsense. Yeah. Being like, oh, well, I love this woman, so I'm going to make her a zombie and then she'll be mine. Oh, wait. She's... 
soulless now and lifeless and there's nothing there in her except her body. I thought her body would be enough, but it's not. Oh no, I've made a terrible mistake. And then, oh no, I made a terrible mistake in trusting you, evil voodoo doctor. Oh, oh dear. And then I don't really remember how it ends because I started playing on my phone. Fair enough. So, Fair enough. Yeah. But that is the gist of it. It was just like, um, all right. But the actress was really pretty. So there's that. Fair enough. And I was like, ooh, there's some of that good 1930s dresses I like. <laughs> I love this. Fashion. It's infuriating a little bit to see the origins of this, like, completely taken out and turned into something it's not. Yeah. So Wes Craven actually had a film adaptation of another book called The Serpent and the Rainbow. But instead of, like, showing it how it should actually be, it basically just demonized voodoo practice and the Haitian people. Uh Uh-huh. It was just like, oh, look at how scary this is. And it's just like, okay, feels like maybe you're blowing it out of proportion. And he was. Right. And now I'm going to skip ahead quite a bit to Romero's Night of the Living Dead. Because I feel like this is something a little bit easier to talk about, truthfully. I feel like this is more my area. Right, because this is where we come to the zombies that we know as of today Mm -hmm. and where a lot of people think zombies actually came from because the actual origins have just been buried yeah exactly it's something that you know white people took and they ran with it right it's upsetting to say the least it really is especially since i only learned about the true origins of zombies about six months ago and i'm Mm. almost 30 yeah Yeah. i'm not okay with the fact that something i have adored for the past 20 Mm. years almost is not actually what i think it is and while i still love modern day pop culture zombies i truly do i still wish like i would have known like the actual origins of them because the way I found out about it was I can't even remember what I was researching but I I tripped upon it and was like oh oh dear and that is not a way I want to learn about somebody's culture I don't want to just slip into it oh no yeah I want to learn about people's cultures authentically not as a side note mm-hmm. yeah I can understand that I think that this isn't a subject that is talked about a whole lot. I've heard it in kind of other ghost story-ish podcasts myself. Yeah. But other than that, that's the only place I've heard of it. Right. And it's not that I want to know all of their cultural secrets. That's not it at all. Because obviously that's not my Mm -mm. culture. I do not need to know the nitty gritty of it. But I still would have liked to know that zombies came from a significant portion of a culture. Yeah, rather than stumbling into it. Yes. No, that's understandable, too, because, like, it kind of makes you feel ignorant. Ignorant's a good word. It makes you feel ignorant. Exactly. And that's not a good feeling, but I think that we've been making up for it in this last little bit where we've been reading a lot on it maybe. I hope so. I hope that we are becoming more educated people because that's what I want this to be. 
Like, I know that we're a podcast that talks about, you know, mainly Fallout and movies, but I want us to be people who are learning and growing as well, and I want that for our followers as well. Exactly. I want people to actively be trying to do better. Yeah. I think that's the fun part, too. It's just like, oh, hey, I learned something new today. That makes me happy. Right. That's how I feel, at least when I learn something new. Well, that's how I felt when we were um, researching for our last episode. Mm -hmm. I had to research Malaysia to understand some of the culture for some of my questions that I had pertaining to that movie we watched and so Mm -hmm. that was fun broadening the mind it's kind of like we're leaving our you know state slash our homes and going somewhere almost like we used to in the old days almost (laughs) traveling somewhere else that hurt my soul thanks (laughs) sorry i hate it (laughs) thanks i hate it (laughs) getting back on task the old days. Yes, let's get back on task. We're talking about Night of the Living Dead now. 1968. When people could leave their homes. Oh, no. So, sorry. <laughs> That's the last jab at this current climate we're living in. Actually, the thing about Night of the Living Dead, Romero didn't, like, originally say they were zombies. In fact, I believe he, like, called them ghouls, which I was like, oh, hey, ghouls huh, okay, that makes sense to me. Right. But I guess people just, like, kept calling them zombies, so finally he caved to the idea of them being zombies. That's really unfortunate, actually. Yeah. Well, now I have to look at the backstory of actual ghouls, (laughs) so ignorant on this topic as well. But I feel, with the current knowledge I have, I feel like it would have been a better avenue to run with ghouls versus completely try to erase a culture or a part of a cultural significance the way it was handled yeah so props to him for trying not to cave to zombies well i guess like he was originally inspired by the book i am legend and the creatures in there are quotation mark vamps i personally have not read the book or really looked into this book all that much Mm -hmm. i have been continuously told that i need to read it and here i am still haven't done it (laughs) story of my life but hey i'm i'm almost caught up on my podcast and i'm gonna need something new to listen to soon so maybe perfect yeah also here's another upsetting thing in my head i remembered the movie as having the black man not die And I was wrong. On I Am Legend? No. Well, yes, it happens in there, too. But in Night of the Living Dead. Okay, I did. I Sorry. No, you're good. You're fine. My bad. (laughs) You're completely fine. In Night of the Living Dead, the main character, who is a black man, he lives till the end Uh to be shot by quote unquote rescuers because they thought he was a zombie. I had forgotten. I think I blocked it from my memory, but then I was, like, watching a part of it, and I was like, oh, oh no. It's, like, this really, like, painful scene, because it's like, he made it, he lived through this, and then he's just dead. Yeah, oh, it's awful. According to Romero, he wasn't trying to make this movie political. Yeah. But a lot of people were like, this movie's political. And, yeah, we know how that goes. Even if he hadn't meant it to be political, I think that the story that's being told, it definitely is one that, like, resonated with people at the time. Yeah. So, 
that's a good thing. You want your stories and your movies to resonate with people and to, like, make them feel something. In this case, deeply, deeply sad. And he went on. He made a lot of movies, like, came back in 1978 with Dawn of the Dead, 85 Day of the Dead, which had a gun-toting zombie, by the way. What? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It had a zombie that could shoot a gun, which means... You know what's on my list of movies to watch soon? That one. (laughs) Right? That's what I was just thinking. There is nothing I want to see more than a zombie shooting a gun. That's a lie. You've already told us about your whole wanting to watch Nazi zombies be obliterated. I do. I do. But here's the thing. Until there is a good Nazi zombie movie, I will be waiting. So... Fair enough. That's not true. Someone told me that Dead Snow is a really good Nazi zombie movie and I need to go watch it. Fair enough. I haven't yet. Because I am who I am as a person, so it's on my list. You know, I have seen your project list (laughs) and I can just imagine how much longer your to-read list and your to-watch list are, (laughs) so. I'm feeling a lot of judgment from you right now. No, no, no. I'm just saying, I've seen how long your lists are, so it might take a while. That is all I'm saying, is because these lists are a little lengthy. It's not a bad thing. It's just going to take time. That's all. (laughs) I came here to have a good time, and I'm honestly just feeling so attacked right now. Oh, no. I haven't been able to say that in so long. No, you're right, though. It's a lengthy list, which I often don't write down, so I just kind of do it as it comes to me. Right? When I challenged you to write down your project list, and it was, like, 20 items long, I was like, Jesus. (laughs) I don't think I'm, like, even a few into that item list. I need to to go back and review it. Perfect. I think I've got a couple things done. It's been a rough year. I haven't really gotten much done for how much Same. I've been home. It's ridiculous. Same. So in 1998, he actually did a Night of the Dead remake. And um, the Barbara in this one was apparently Romero's apology to women and how they retreated in his previous film. Oh. Like, he made her actually, like, capable. Oh. Well, <laughs> that's refreshing. Yeah, it's like, well, that's nice. Like, especially in, like, 1998, I feel like we were still seeing a lot of the useless lady trope. Yeah. Going around. I mean, I was young at the time, so maybe I'm not as well-versed in adult movies as I am now. Yeah. But that's probably not true, because I very, very clearly remember watching some very adult movies at that age. (laughs) So, James Bond taught me a lot. Oh, no. I know. (sighs) Heavy sigh. The heaviest of size. <laughs> the very heaviest of size. Like, I don't know if that was like a parents of the 90s kids thing, but there have been a couple of people who I've talked to where James Bond is who taught them about the birds and the bees. <laughs> I don't know. I just learned that from my backyard. Farm life, yo. Oh, no. <laughs> 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 I mean, I guess that's a little more wholesome. Let's take a quick side trip just like the quickest of trips okay i'm ready do you want to know what i taught my preschool class where babies come from oh because i explained in great detail where baby goats came from i mean 
including the fact that the boy goats really love the girl goats and the girl goats are not really into it. Oh, no. I was going to say that's not that bad. I went to preschool a year early because I was I hated kids. So I was a three year old teaching four and five year olds where babies came from. Oh, my God. I was going to say that's not that bad until you said the part about the girl coats and the boy coats. (laughs) And then apparently in great detail, I explained what it looked like when the baby came out of the mom. So, I mean, we're all farm kids. I would think that most of them would have seen that at some point. (laughs) Probably, but I'm, I'm not exactly sure that, you know, when parents sent little Susie and Johnny to school that day, that that's what they expected a fellow classmate to teach them you were just taking the initiative letting everyone know right let's look (laughs) at it that way anyways let's get away from this side trip (laughs) i like it though it's fun (laughs) oh my goodness so he made like a few more movies why did i write dod I think that was Dawn of the Dead. I think he did a 2004 remake of Dawn of the Dead. Don't quote me on that, because apparently my notes are garbage. I always chastise myself when I write acronyms as well, because I'm like, what the hell did I mean? (laughs) What does this mean? (laughs) I don't know what this means. Why are you this way? Right? (laughs) But yeah, and then 2005's Land of the Dead, 2007's Diary of the Dead, which actually sounds really amazing. And then in 2009, I just wrote Romero's last movie. I don't remember what it is. My notes are garbage. But the thing about, like, all of Romero's movies is that they were, like, continuous social commentary on things. Uh Uh-huh. And I find that really fascinating because it's, like, it's not something you quite expect from zombie movies. Not the way we grew up with them. Yeah. Because, like, I feel like when we were coming into our own, we were just watching them slash and gore kind of zombie movies. Yeah. I don't feel like we were, like, watching the movies that were, like, actually trying to reach for something deep or tell us something. I just wanted to prove that I didn't get as scared as the people I was watching the movies with. That's fair. Though, funny story and something I'm about to jump into, which is uh, 1996's Resident Evil game. That game really fucked me up when I was a kid. <laughs> like, I remember this scene. And you know, like, when you think back on old video games, how they always look better in your head than what they really are? Well, yeah. Like, Legend of Zelda. We've talked about it yeah. before. That it seemed, you know, what we would yeah. call 4K now. But I replayed it, and it's definitely not. No. No, 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 no. Them graphics. And in this case, it was one of those cases of them graphics. But when I was a small child, I remember them graphics being really good. And I remember the exact scene where you're going into the hallway and, like, the zombie, like, lifts its head up and turns and looks back at you. And I don't know why, but that just fucked me up for a good long while. (laughs) Oh, no! And to this day, like, I don't really get scared by movies, but there are video games that do, like, put a genuine fright in me which is why i can't play many well the thing is when you play video games they're a little more immersive than a movie because yeah you can get really into a movie but you can't control any of the actions of the character Mm -hmm. whereas even games with a set storyline you can choose which way to look and which way you're going to go down the hallway or whatever Mm -hmm. so it's it's more immersive so that that's understandable to me yeah and did you know that if you don't go into that hallway Zombies know how to work door handles. 
So. Oh, no. <laughs> just fuck me, I guess. So, <laughs> right? Yeah. It was traumatizing. I was but a very small child at this point in time. And yeah. Yeah. It's the only thing my older brother showed me that messed me up. <laughs> oh, no. And that's saying a lot. <laughs> I know. I watched a lot of stuff I should not have. Like, <laughs> I grew up watching Tales from the Crypt. Uh-huh. And then I, like, really started thinking about it. And I was like, Tales from the Crypt is not a little kid's Halloween show. Like, I always thought it was. And then, you know, put my adult goggles on. I know that they just remade them not very long Did ago. They? And they were on Nickelodeon, I think. I oh, can't my. remember. I don't have cable. <laughs> the one I remember watching a lot. Involved strippers, and they had some big old titties. <laughs> Take old bitties. Take old bitties. I remember that from when I was a child and being like, oh, look at all them boobs. When are we going to get back to the demon? <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Listen, I just wanted to watch this lady kick demon ass. I wasn't ready for this side tour into other things. <laughs> so I guess that's how I feel. I need to get those and rewatch them but probably not let my kids watch them yet. Oh, man. Through all of this, like, really what zombies are is just our own fears. And there's, like, a lot of fears that we can apply to these. You know, as we go into, like, the newer zombies, we have a fear of bioweapons. We have a fear of disease. Going back, it's the fear of slavery. It's the fear of your loss of self, a fear of violence. There's so much to it. Like... Especially if you look at, like, the zombies from 28 Days Later and the violence that came with them and and the loss of self and all of that. And then, yeah, it's just, it's so, it's fascinating to look at the forces behind that drive these things and drive the stories of them. Yeah. But then it's even more fascinating to go back and look at what the original driving force of this was. Uh Uh-huh. I just want to say that to this day, there haven't been any proven zombies. I could have be wrong on that, but from everything I researched, I could not find anything. There were three zombies that were investigated, but they were all explained by catatonic schizophrenia, brain damage and epilepsy, and also a learning disability. I guess there is a psychiatric disorder called, uh, hopefully I'm saying this right, Cotard syndrome, and it's a syndrome that makes people believe that they're dead or that they're rotting. It's also known as walking corpse syndrome. And there's only like 200 cases of it worldwide. It's crazy. This is a perfect segue to all the research I have been doing. Yeah, I'm excited. It's my turn to sit back and just sip my water. While you have been researching the actual history of zombies, I have been researching diseases that have similar symptoms to what we know from pop culture zombies. So, as you said, there have been no confirmed cases of zombies. And a lot of people categorize zombies as somebody who has died and then been reanimated, right? So there's been no confirmed cases of anybody that has fell to that type of affliction. But there are a lot a lot of diseases that have zombie-type symptoms. I feel like I'm going to, like, not sleep well this night. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I 
dove into it a lot this past week, and you're going to hear a lot of familiar names, actually. So get ready for this. Okay. Most of these diseases are prion diseases, which means that they are misshapen proteins that tell other proteins to become misshapen as well. They do a lot of damage. (laughs) They're mostly in the nervous system, and so they affect the spinal column and the brain. And the first known human prion disease was called Kuru, and we actually touched on it a bit in our cannibalism episode way back last year. Oh, wow, yeah. It was first really recognized in Papua New Guinea, and it is caused by human cannibalism. Isn't it only, like, when you eat the brain? Yes, the women and children would eat, like, the organ meats and the brain and stuff, whereas the men usually stuck to the muscle because they believed the muscle would make them stronger. Oh, interesting. Right, and it actually has cultural significance because they believed that to preserve their loved one's legacy, they have to consume them. So it's not just killing people to eat them. They would consume their relatives mostly or people who threatened their villages and such. Okay, okay. I can get behind that. This particular prion disease It has different phases, and the incubation period averages between 10 and 13 years, but it can, you can start seeing symptoms way sooner or way later in life, but as soon as symptoms occur, the life expectancy is only 6 to 12 months, and it is always fatal. Oh, wow. So that's the first human known prion disease. Let's skip to something that you know about. Mad cow disease. Oh, gosh. This is, yeah, yeah, <laughs> let's let's go here. Every, okay, maybe not everybody. I don't know if the younger generations will remember the mad cow disease scare that happened when you and I were yeah. young. But mad cow disease is also a prion disease, and it affects the neurological parts of bovine, and this can be spread to humans. They believe that mad cow disease is what causes variant Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease, which is also known as VCJD, which causes rapid brain degeneration, dementia, memory loss, psychosis, jerky movements, difficulty walking, and involuntary movements, and always leads to death as well. Oh, no. And this is another thing where as soon as you see symptoms, you only have about Mm -hmm. six months to live. But then it just suddenly shows up. Like it can live incubating in your system for years. I was going to say, wasn't mad cow disease, wasn't it because they were putting meat into the feed or something like that? That's what they believe caused the cases to spread so rapidly. Yikes. Just want you to know that I'm here all wrapped up in my blankie, just listening to this in horror. (laughs) Well, let's talk about another one that can also be spread to humans, then. Rabies. Oh, no. I don't know about you, but I have, like, a fear of rabies. It's a healthy fear, I feel like. Rabies causes inflammation to the brain, and... Symptoms include fever and tingling at the site of exposure. The one good thing, okay, it's not really a good thing about rabies, but there is a vaccine for rabies. And if you get the vaccine soon enough after exposure, then you're almost guaranteed to be fine. Yeah. There's times where, you know, you're not, but 
for the most part, if you get the vaccine soon enough, then you'll make it out. But if you don't, then all of these prion diseases, once the symptoms actually show up in your body, you only have about six months to live, unfortunately, because of all the damage they do. Rabies also incites violence, inability to move body parts, confusion, loss of consciousness, and death, as I stated. A thing about rabies that has always terrified me is how people, like, always told me about the shots. Because they're always like, oh, they're the huge needles and they go directly into your stomach. And it was just like, mm, I don't like that. Yeah. No, no, thank you. I'll just die. Thanks. But rabies, we heard a lot about where we grew up, too. A lot of people have dogs. A yeah. lot of people have, like, this fear of rabies, mm-hmm. especially when you have, like, farm animals and things. Yeah, well, there's coyotes and there was feral cats that hung around. Exactly. There are a lot of animals that could, you know, in theory, pass on rabies. So I feel like it was something that we all lived with a healthy fear of. Right. Another one that you will have heard of is chronic wasting disease that we hear a lot about in deer here in North America. But it also can be in other similar creatures like elk, caribou, moose, etc., etc. As far as they know, there has been no confirmed cases of spreading to humans, but they don't feel like there's been enough research on it yet to conclusively say that it can't be spread to humans. I don't like that. Right. (laughs) Um, Another one that I heard about a lot as a child, because we had dairy goats and we showed them competitively. Yes, that is a thing. Was scrapey. It's called competitive dairy goating. Sorry, go on. (laughs) Yeah, competitive dairy goating. I was pretty good at it, too. (laughs) Pat myself on the back. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. Go on. But, yeah, there's also scrapey, which can be found in goats and sheep, which is another prion disease that, as of recently, they have no confirmed cases that it can spread from those animals to humans. And it's been, they've been studying it for years and years and years, so they're conclusive about it, but you never know. (laughs) But it will wipe out entire populations and such, so... I'm going to just, like, pretend that you ended that sentence on they're conclusive about it. Okay? <laughs> yes, let's let's do that. Stop. I have to go to bed after this. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, let's lighten up the subject for a minute. Do you know what else a zombie is? A tall, mixed drink consisting of several kinds of rum, liquor, and fruit juice. Oh, okay, I like this. I like this a lot. <laughs> This is this is a welcome change from diseases that are real and could fuck me up <laughs> to drinks that are real and could fuck me up. So, right. They just sound like jungle juice but with several types of rum instead of everything you have in your cupboard. Oh god. It could be a fun time that you know you don't remember. It could be a bad time that you do remember and wish you didn't, but (laughs) it's not a disease that's going to lead to your death in six months. You have that going for you. Well, depends on how much you drink, because your liver might (laughs) start rotting. (laughs) Listen, guys. If you consistently drink zombies. No, just like one time and then a month of nothing but water and then maybe again. 
but then nothing but water after that, okay? <laughs> Let your liver heal. Right. It's doing its best. Ugh. It's just like, why? What did I do to deserve this? Oh, man, be nice to your liver, guys. It's so important. It's a very important organ. Okay, go on, please. So, on my search of diseases with zombie-like symptoms, I somehow, I don't know how I got there, but it was a pleasant surprise. I stumbled upon the Australian Academy of Science webpage about zombies. And honestly, they were pretty realistic about it. This this sounds like a real thing. They broke down the numbers and said that humanity has a very, very slim chance of surviving a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> so they were keeping it real, honestly. Yeah. You know what? I trust them. I have watched many, many zombie movies where people make bad choices, hide their bites. All sorts of things. Right. I believe them. Which is why when the zombie apocalypse does inevitably happen, I will be at the grocery store eating as much cheese as possible. Here's the big thing about why they've reached this conclusion. Because being a zombie is not something you can be cured. Like in all the movies, they're looking for a cure and they just kind of assume that their loved ones are going to, you know, be the exact same person added a few battle scars at the end of it. But that's not realistically what would happen because zombies are dead corpses that are reanimated by whatever it may be, whether it's a virus or if it's fungus, parasite, you name it, right? So you can't technically be cured from being a zombie. They could make a vaccine to prevent it from happening. But if we've learned anything... That kind of research takes time, and depending on how rapidly something spreads, you might not have enough time. Yeah. Especially in the case of the fungus. Like, take a look at the creatures that are taken over by that fungus, whose name I cannot think of right now. Those things aren't coming back. No. Let's be realistic. The heart stopped. The brain is being used by something else entirely. Exactly. The blood's coagulated. Often they have grievous wounds. Yeah. It's not happening. Sometimes they're just half a body with their intestines hanging out. That person ain't coming back. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, even if there was some God knows what and you could quote unquote cure it, would you want to? Would that be the humane thing to do? Because a lot of the people who have become zombies are going to have catastrophic injuries like you said sometimes they're half a body just crawling around yep or being bitten and bleeding out it, technically if you're gonna get their heart pumping again they're instantly gonna start bleeding out again yep it's not realistic it's not humane and it's just bad for the rest of the people who are trying to survive like if you think back to the case of uh in The Walking Dead, when Herschel locked all the zombies up in the barn, that was a lot of zombies just waiting to come out. And in his head, they were going to be cured. And it's like, right. they're not, though. And you should know this. And I know this is you just holding on to hope, but it's not happening. Yeah, realistically, zombie is not... There's no cure for it. There, it's, it's the end, honestly. But stumbling upon the Australian Academy of Science webpage reminded me that our very own CDC 
also has a zombie web page. And I've got I've got some things to say to the person who is in charge of that page and wrote it. You, sir, are a bag of dicks. Oh, no! Yep. What was written? So, uh, I have real feelings about this. Oh, my. And it could be just the way I interpreted it. So, I'm not going to lie. I'm known for, you know, holding a grudge. <laughs> yes. But, okay. So, one, this person is completely, they're completely sure that the CDC would be ready to fight the zombie apocalypse. Oh, no. That they'd be on the lookout and they could eradicate it immediately. Well, let's go back to the Australian Academy of Science. It had three different scenarios, and humans only survived one of those, and the population was drastically reduced because of the catastrophic nature of a zombie apocalypse but the person on the cdc page goes on to write that you know they would be ready though the writer said and i quote they would be volunteering the young nameless disease detectives for the field work and that pissed me off because this person they're talking all this confidence but they don't want to be the person that's out there doing the work they want to send nameless young people out to do it for them. To me, sounds like they don't give a shit about anyone else as long as it's not them being affected. They didn't care whose child, mother, sibling, friend went out to do this work amongst the zombies as long as it wasn't them. Well, that's shitty. <laughs> Yeah, I would not be putting it in writing that I'd be volunteering young nameless disease detectives for the field work. Yeah. It just rubbed me the wrong way, especially with the goings on around where I live and people not caring about other people and only caring about their own self-interest. Yeah. So that's how I took it. And I think the writer is a shitbag. I said what I said. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, that's that's bold of them to assume we'd be fine. I mean, especially if you look at, you know, gestures vaguely around. <laughs> I would say, I would say we are definitely not ready for zombies because we can't even handle like, COVID. <laughs> let's, uh, let's get that under control and then, you know, maybe You're right. the population will be like, Oh, okay. This is how that works. But probably not. Right? Especially since we're, you know, we're over a year into this now. Just saying that hurts me. And <laughs> gestures vaguely around. This is where we are. We're like basically the exact same place as we were last year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Oh. Oh, I hurt. I hurt deep inside. I remember being like, oh, it's okay, guys. Just wear your masks for the next month. Stop hoarding toilet paper. Allow your neighbors to get some groceries, too. You don't need to hoard for the whole thing. Now we're here. Now we're here. And uh, some places it's still hard to find toilet paper. Oh, no. That's so sad. And I don't understand why, because this is not a gastrointestinal disease. I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand people and their stuff. Also, the fungus is written down right in front of me. 
ophiocordyceps. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, But that concludes my zombies in real life research. And also my history of zombies research, which admittedly was not a very good history lesson, but it is a history lesson that you can use as a diving board into a much better history lesson by people who have more time and have went to school. They didn't slough. (laughs) So... We're kind of ending this on a down note, <laughs> I feel like. No, because I got a positive for you right here. Oh, so okay. So we challenged ourselves the last episode to not have any negative self-talk, right? Uh-huh. And I feel like we've nailed it this episode. We did it. Oh, my God. I didn't call myself a dumpster fire uh, one. We were positive about ourselves. I'm so proud of us. All that therapy I've been going to is working. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Oh, happy day. Ah, that is a positive. Thank God. (laughs) Because gestures vaguely. (laughs) Alright, well, guys. If you like the stuff that you are hearing, or if you would continue to listen to this to develop some sort of, like, extreme hate for us, I don't know. Bum, bum, bum. (laughs) I hate these guys. I'm going to keep listening to them so I can hate them harder. That's fine. That's fine by me. Hey, dude. It's fine. I hate myself enough for the both of us. No, Tia. No. 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 Positive. Hey, I said it while smiling. That's not how that works. I make all of my self-deprecating jokes while smiling. And it just makes people more upset. Why am I thinking of freaking, oh, Desert Bluffs in Welcome to Night Vale with the Smiling God? That's who I worship, the Smiling God. (laughs) (laughs) All hail the glow cloud over here. That's fair. The glow cloud is magnificent. (laughs) Also, if you guys, you guys have to listen to Welcome to Night Vale by now. There's no way you're not listening to it. And if you're not, go listen to it. Also, they don't know us, and we are not funded by them in any way, so this is just, like, real people being like, hey, this is really good. Right. It's like if someone stopped you on the street and they were like, hey, have you heard of this podcast? It's really good. That's what exactly what this is like. <laughs> Except, like, maybe a little less frightening. Honestly, when it had, like, the year in review thing on Spotify, it was my number two podcast. But that was because I had found a new new to me true crime podcast and i had to get caught up on the episode makes sense makes sense i do love some true crime so anyway leave a review send us a message rate us maybe i don't know just do that internet stuff refer your friends to awkwardintrovertpod.fireside.fm to find all of our social media links links to our program on different platforms All that grand and wonderful stuff. And come visit us on stuff sometimes. I can't say for sure what you should do. I'm not your mother. Just kidding, I am your mom. Drink water. Don't litter. Oh, yeah, don't litter. That's horrible. And wear your seatbelt all the time when you're driving, not just when you think about it. Yes, yes, a hundred times yes. I'm serious about that one. And on that note, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.